Good evening and welcome to week 10. The Rams are looking for their fourth straight victory. They are 6-2 at the midway point and they will be back at the Coliseum. 35 days separating their contests here in Los Angeles. The best road team in the National Football League now gets a chance to bring it home against the Houston Texans. My name is JB Long, DeMarco Farr and Maurice Jones-Drew join me. Uh, back from Jacksonville, London, and New York. Three convincing wins away from L.A. How good are these Rams? How good can they be in the second half based on what we've seen this last month? Well, yeah, the second half, is, is it's a tough schedule. Um, you know, uh, you're playing the, the Saints. You're playing the Vikings. You're playing the Eagles. These teams are all contenders in the playoffs. Uh, so if you're able to come out of this pretty clean, you'll be playoff ready. You've played some some contenders, guys, who will be – uh, knocking at the door as well as Seattle at the end of the year. So uh, I think the second half where a lot of people want it to be easier, I think it's better for the Rams and this young team to play these tough teams and be able to get you know uh, a, a leg up on them in the playoff race and, and then obviously have that for, uh, to be familiar with them uh, when you get a chance to play in the playoffs. Yeah, how good can they be? I guess we're going to find out. Um, I think you've been through just about everything so far. Um you know, teams that run the ball at you, um, you know, tough defensive squads. Uh, you know, you've, you've made a – you did a complete 180 in, in Dallas, which turns your season around, so to speak. So I, I think you've been tested in pretty much every phase, mentally and physically. So uh, it all depends on best team, best team on game day. I, I think the teams that are coming here and the teams you have to play down the stretch are also worried about you. Uh, you're not going to sneak up on anybody. So how good can they be? Um, let's hope – a little bit better than they have been. And that's just it. They're 6-2 and two for the first time since 2001 when they opened 7-1. and one. Um, But now I, th- I think it's very much about what can you challenge the Rams with. You look at the teams that have beaten L.A. this season. Both had capable quarterbacks, veteran quarterbacks, who were able to put up enough points to outscore what is right now the top-scoring team in the National Football League. Houston this week doesn't look like they're equipped to do that, although they do have some threats on the perimeter. But there are teams coming, and you mentioned that it's basically uh, the playoff standings in the NFC looks a lot like the upcoming schedule for the Rams with the Eagles, Vikings, and Saints. Uh, They all have offenses, and they all have quarterbacks, and they all have offensive lines that I think give their quarterbacks a chance to put up enough points to run with the Rams. Well, when you look at the two losses, I I think you have to really dissect those. Uh, Obviously, the Redskins' defense gave up a million yards rushing. Uh, We haven't seen that since. Um uh, Aaron Donald bought into the defensive scheme. They've been able to shut the running game down to to a certain extent. Uh, passing game and, and the offense for uh, the Rams against the Redskins wasn't really working. Wasn't really working that well for Seattle as, as well. They had turnovers and they just were doing things that were uncharacteristic of the uh, uh, of the team. But they still had a chance to win. That two minute drive I thought is where we really saw Jared Goff gain a ton of confidence with some of those throws, uh, as well as the team the team starting to believe. So. Um, as you go down this road and, and you start to see, you know, the Eagles and you start to see the Saints, you start to see these teams, uh, the Vi- the Vikings, the Seahawks again, um, the confidence is what's key. It's not really the play calling now. The second half of the season is all about confidence, and that's when you start to see the great teams separate themselves from the, 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 uh, the so-so teams. Well, I mean, uh, where do you think the weakness is on this football team? Um, I think, you know, because of Aaron Donald, your defense is always going to be credible, if not – Credible to great, depending on what you get out of him. Um, offensively speaking, uh, we've seen what Sean McVay has done and what this offense is able to do. So um, teams that would scare me, and I'm looking right now, and maybe it comes to mind for you guys, uh, I think you have to have an above-average run game with an elite quarterback. 
to really crack that defense, give Wade Phillips that that sort of problems to where you can say you can lose the football game today because of that offense. On the other side, um, two special edge rushers. Uh, anybody on that has two guys that are possibly headed to the Pro Bowl or ten sack guys on either side of the quarterback, then I think that could slow down a Sean McVay-type offense. But other than that, I think you're in the game versus anybody you roll out on your schedule. I mean, if J.J. Watt was playing Sunday... Maybe. And if and Deshaun, Deshaun Watson, Watson was playing... Yeah. then. But basically what we're saying is it's down to playoff teams. Because I would say the, so. what the Rams yeah. proved over the, this road trip is, especially against Arizona and New York, if you've got a depleted offensive line and you've got a stationary quarterback... Dead meat. <laughs> you're sitting ducks. They're going to come get you. And, yeah. and, and even if you can avoid having Carson Palmer knocked out of the game, or even if Eli Manning can hold on to the football you're not going to be able to sustain drives long enough against his defense True. to keep up with an offense that can cash in on third and 33. Well, let me confirm validity. I mean, I think for the most part, you have tamed two of the best safeties in the game. One you just saw in New York that's still trying to figure out what happened to him, and Earl Thomas made mistakes, which you don't yeah. see him making mistakes at all, ever. Right, Jared, Jared looked him off on yeah. what could have been a game-winning touchdown toss to Cooper Cup. It didn't happen that way, but it... It was there in front of you. Right. So, I mean, I, I think the one thing that you can't control, and this is what we tell Sean McVay, and we're joking when we say this, thank God you have Aaron Donald. Because I don't see anybody else like him out there because that's the only guy that this offense can't account for is anybody that's right. a tough interior pass rusher that you just can't block regardless of scheme. So I think you've got that on your side. Anybody else out there that could cause a wreck for the Rams coming up? I don't see it. Maybe Fletcher Cox. Maybe yeah, no, yeah. no, Fletcher Cox can definitely do it. But I, really, it, it, like the Eagles, when you look at their their issue is their corners. They have yeah. corners out there that are that are playing with confidence. Again, this game, you know, when you talk about players, the the everyone's talented in this league. Is if you believe in yourself or not. And I think that's the difference from this year's team and last year's team with the Rams is that these guys really believe that they can that they're going to win, and that that's every day they go to practice and they practice that when you talk and you hear things. Obviously, you guys see practice. They believe every day they go out there, they're preparing to win. It's not we're preparing mm-hmm. to play a good game, or it's not we're preparing to, to play a game, or it's not I'm collecting a check. It's we're preparing to win this game every time we step on the field. And so that's dangerous because all it takes is one play in the game to keep that confidence going. And right. we talked about it on, on the broadcast. When you're playing a team like the Giants, you have to create doubt. That's all you got to do. Because they're ready to let go of the rope. They're ready to let go. So you create doubt, guess what? Sack fumble. That's it. The game's over. Now you can go on and you do your job. Right. As long as you don't beat yourself, <laughs> exactly. You're going to want to go home. Exactly, right. and so you're going to see. We're going to start to see who's wow. who's confident and who has that bravado and who who really believes in themselves when you you play the Eagles, when you play the Vikings, when you play the Saints, uh, and all these teams that are winning games. You're going to see whose confidence is stronger at the end of the day because everyone runs the same place. And it gets constantly overlooked. But I'll just add it in here. The one thing we haven't layered in is the number one special teams units in the National Football League. And whether that's flipping right. field, whether that's creating a game-changing play with Corey Littleton blocking a punt, whether it's Farrell Cooper returning a kick against Jacksonville, when you're getting those contributions, those game-changing plays, game-changing field position week in and week out, was that McVay's first decision? Retain bones. Fossil? It was among them. It, it was. Uh, yeah. It was the, a no, primary the first one, one. I think yes. was Wade. Was that? Was that the first one? Then Wade that's was the, the first. One. I think. I think yeah. Wade coming with as part of a potential package was well, that's sold brilliant. in the interviewing process. It, right. This is the direction I would like to go if we can make it happen. And then shortly thereafter, yeah. You don't. But you don't mess you with that, though. I hope not. Well, I, I mean, hope not. And and, and I think yeah. you know when you have a team that is. 
teetering, right? And, yeah. and when I say teetering, you have a lot of young talent, but they haven't won yet, and you're kind of trying to figure it out. The one good thing that the Rams had last year was special teams was phenomenal. And the way those guys were flying around, it was inspiring. They were they were flying around, making plays. You don't let that go. Yeah. You you put your ego to the side and you say, you know, Coach Fossil, we need you back here because you did something special last year and you know how to get these guys going. And then you know those guys, and so I can I can lean on you yeah. to figure out how to push these buttons. And it's not just that he kept him. He's leaned on him for Big games time. management kind of situations, uh, the pulse of the team, the locker room. Yeah. Uh, you can tell that even though they lost those three interim games, they pulled for Bones in a way that maybe they hadn't been prior, and I think that made an impression on the entire league, and it wasn't lost on Sean McVay. I can't remember the last time the Rams gave up a long punt return. <laughs> I'm, I'm Sorry, trying to was, think. That was me knocking I know, for I Sunday. got you. I'm just trying to think. I, I can't remember a long punt return. Maybe did Lockett get him once? Maybe. I can't remember. I mean, but that, to me, besides Johnny Hecker, I think his coverage units have been just special. I, the way they go I remember a long yeah. punt run, but then someone went to sleep last year in Seattle. Remember that? The punter? They did. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and when I saw that, I said, you know what? Yeah. Good for was, him. Yeah, good for him. <laughs> DeMarco Farmer, he's Jones Drew, and J.B. Long. This is Rams All Access coming up. We've got four down territory with a look inside what's going on in Houston. We'll have inside the numbers. It's the blitz package of the Texans against the offensive line of the Rams. But next, our Midway Point Awards. Yes, the first half of the season is behind us. The Rams are 6-2. and two. We'll award offensive, defensive, and special teams MVPs when we come back on ESPN LA 710. I'm very proud of the squad. I, I think the biggest thing thing DeMarco that that we are pleased with is we feel like we put complete games together you know I think you look at uh, we've been at times capable of seeing the defense play at a really high level seeing the offense seeing the special teams but I think what the last two games have represented is all three phases playing good football you know there's certainly a lot of things that we can clean up and, and can do some things better in all three of those phases but if you said are we playing winning football in those games uh, we felt like we were in all three phases and that's why you give yourself a chance to have good performances like we felt like we've had against Arizona and New York. Well, back here on Rams All Access, that was head coach Sean McVay on Monday night. The Coach McVay Show every Monday night here on ESPN LA. Speaking to DeMarco Farr, I'm J.B. Long. MJD is with us as well. The Rams are 6-2, winners of three in a row, and coming home to the Coliseum to face the Houston Texans to open up the second half of the season. Before they do, let's award some first-half awards, and let's start on offense. Who's the MVP through eight games? Uh, player number, duh. <laughs> Todd Gurley? Yeah, I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, come on. You guys are gonna make me make me sound silly for going another direction. It's unanimous over there. No Who doubt, else Todd? would it be? Yeah, I, I mean, uh, he's we've leaned on him. I mean, yes. Wait a minute. Okay. Who else would it be, JB? Go ahead. Andrew Whitworth. Oh, you dirty dog! You you can't I'm, argue with that. I'm not wrong, you, am you, I? Yeah, you are right. You can't you can't argue with that though. Well, I mean, he, and he doesn't score. Some, he doesn't score one. No, but when I'm where, not. Where, I, where have a lot of, if not most of Todd's big runs, left, even all, big all left side. Left. Okay, you're right. But, but you're but, wrong. But you, you have to remember, there's games where you know, like the Redskins, where Todd had to make some amazing catches and runs yeah. to get there. I, I think it's it's both of those guys. They could share it, but to see kind of where how they've leaned on Todd. There is, you know, we really don't have, I mean, Malcolm Brown is the second back, but they really yeah. don't use him unless they have to. Todd has done a ton. And normally, yeah. we got to remember, offensive linemen are always on the field at all times. Todd is on the field at all times, too, and that's tough to do every play getting hit like I'll make my, my case for Andrew, but since you mentioned Malcolm Brown, I just want to point out yeah. here, knee injury, he's going to be down for a period of time. We have not 
yet heard what the corresponding transaction will be, whether that brings Lance Dunbar into the fold, but you would imagine that Justin Davis will get a chance at the Coliseum this week. Yeah, hopefully. Um, too bad know, for Malcolm. I don't know if we, Malcolm looks good, though. Look good. You can't turn yeah. that rock over, man. No. That's the no. last time we saw him. Bring up Sam Rogers. Just kidding. Anyway, uh, but I think we're both right. Um, yeah, no one's wrong. I mean, yeah. there's plenty of good candidates. Yeah, I mean, but the, that's that's not fair. I'm just saying, Andrew Whitworth. I, I think it's a foundational piece. <laughs> And and not just his right. performance, which to put his performance in some context, he's allowed 11 QB pressures all season. At this point last year, Greg Robinson had allowed 24. And and I won't even bring up the penalty disparity yeah, yeah. either. But for Jared Goff to none for Jared yeah. Goff to be the NFC Offensive Player of the Week, for Todd Gurley to be the NFC right. Offensive Player of the Month, I don't think either of those things happen. And I don't know how many of the six wins happen if left tackle isn't solidified true. in the way it has been. Very true. The whole O line has been playing great football, but I mean. You know, Todd's been putting the biscuit in the basket a lot. Uh, uh, what, what, 10 times? Yeah, a already? lot. Right. All right. Yeah. Uh, so two votes for Todd, one for Goff, Andrew Whitworth. I wonder what Goff would vote. Oh, he's going to That's a great vote. I wonder what Goff tackle. would vote. He's going to go to the left tackle because <laughs> he wants that blind side protected. Uh, defensive side of the football, is it as obvious as it was for you on offense? Mm, it, it just depends. Uh, okay, who's your vote? Go ahead. I mean, it's easy to say Aaron how, Donald. How about if I give you an Aaron Donald category and a non-Aaron Donald I'm not defensive Aaron. MVP? That's just too okay. easy. Yeah. So, so, so I, but he is a defensive MVP. Can uh, you agree? He, he's a league MVP. He might be the right. yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. What I would say would be LaMarcus Joyner. Nice. And the reason being is when he was out, you noticed the difference. And that, to me, is the MVP. When that yeah. person's not playing, is there a difference? And we saw that on the back end. They made some plays occasionally, but there wasn't that LaMarcus Joyner, you know, excitement that hit that, you know, uh, like the hit he made against the Giants where he flew in there and stuck a uh, dark, uh, dark wall. Yeah, yeah. Like, you didn't see that from no. the safeties. And so uh, the ability to have the ball hawking, the ability to cover tight ends or whatever he they asked him to do, you lost that. And so it wasn't necessarily by his play. Why he was the MVP, it was in his absence what we didn't see, I felt like. I like it. I like that pick. Um, for that very same reason, I'm going to go with Michael Brockers. Uh, moving out to defensive end, I, I'm seeing a completely different guy, and so is every other offense. So, like I said, this is because I'm not picking Aaron Donald. Right. That, that's an easy pick. I'll, I'll go with the other guy who's been just as effective and just as dynamic as Aaron Donald. I'll go with Michael Brockers. Can I make the case for Mark Barron? Yes, you can. Yeah, he's because yeah. I think he showed up in a lot of games, and just because he's been on the field more consistently than Lamarcus, I agree. I think Lamarcus Joyner might be the second best player on the team, not just on the defense. Right. But since he did miss time, if I went with someone who's been there week in and week out, I'm not sure anyone has made more clutch plays that have secured wins or led to wins than Mark Barron in the first half. And we had question marks on him going into the season. Absolutely, Remember? yeah, injury problems. And Remember, he didn't play at all in the preseason. No, and look. And, and right, the off-season storyline is when will Aaron Donald's contract get done. Right. And the in-season storyline is his inside linebacker mate, Alec Ogletree, getting his contract done. Mark's just showed up. He's just buckled up every and week. And played. All yeah. right. Can I, can I tell you my real pick? Matt Longacre. Come on, baby. Give me some. 
He's not your defense. That's my MVP, that's my MVP man. On. I'm just kidding. Who's no. leading in sacks on the defense? Uh, say it again. Go ahead. Who's leading in sacks? Matt Long. That's I'm right. I was about to say, because I thought he was one of the ones in there getting after. I mean, <laughs> part-time but, player. But Barwin's right. Full-time production. Barwin's right there with four, and Donald's got a sack in three straight games. How about this? Donald has at least one QB pressure in 45 straight he's, games. He's Barry Bonds. Uh, this yeah. defense, it's not fun for interior guys because you're, you're, you're playing – to the middle of guys on these rundowns. But every single time it goes to an obvious passing situation, oh my goodness. he's in there. Like Barry Bonds, during the steroid run, was getting one pitch to hit a night, and that was getting wet. He was knocking that one out of the park. Every time you get into your first passing situation, Donald is on top of your quarterback like that. That is impossible. All right, midseason awards here on Rams All Access. DeMarco and MJD went with Todd Gurley on offense. I went with Andrew Whitworth. On defense, we had the Aaron Donald category, and he gets yeah. one from all of us. And then we picked a few other players on defense. Let's go to special teams. No shortage of candidates here. Who's your special teams MVP through eight games? Uh, Corey Littleton. Yes. <laughs> you blocked two punts, man. I, in three I've, games. I've seen it. I've, have, I've, I've known guys that do it in, in once in, in a career. To do it in in, in, yeah. in a short period of time and to have that the knack and uh, you know he the, the, he definitely and he's come in and played yeah. well on defense too when he's had the opportunities so um, I want to say it was the Jags they put him in there to stop the run right right they went to like this crazy defensive formation against the Colts he had the fumble force yeah. that yeah. led to a safety so he's done some other things yeah so but I think he's done a great job two block punts and three that's like Steve Cas- Tasker territory. I mean, stuff that will put you in the ring of honor when you do stuff like that. Um, he would be my pick, but I, it's hard for me to get away from Greg Zerline. I mean, think yeah. about what he did in Dallas. He's on track to break the franchise and the NFL records for field goals, field goals. and scoring. Yep. And we all thought he was on his way out a few years ago. I didn't because I, I remember him kicking a 50-some-odd yard to win the game and. and yeah, but that was the problem. I mean, but the last year I, in yeah. St. Louis, you're right. Yeah, there were, there were questions about whether he would even hold on to his job in training camp coming to L.A. And it's gone from this kid's going to break the record to this kid just can't miss uh, from wherever. Um, as soon as you cross the 50, you've got three points in your back pocket or at least a good shot at it right. with him. And no kick return game to speak of. Zero. I mean, it's out of the it's out of the back of the end zone. So, yeah, I, I would go with Greg Zerlin. OK, I think I will side with DeMarco on this one As but there's no wrong answers. Corey Littleton's a great call. Two block punts in three yes. weeks is, is something else. And Johnny Hecker is the Johnny Hecker category right. like exactly. Aaron Donald. Right. Exactly. Uh, most improved player any Ooh. phase, any phase you want who has stood out to you as most improved either year to year or even within a season? Rob Havenstein. I, I like that I thought he was gone too. I thought we lost him. Yeah, I, I was going to yeah. say Farrell Cooper. I, I think Another uh, good one. Um, last year had the dropsies. This year has come in and made some clutch catches, and then obviously taking over, obviously taking over for the punt return and having a secure guy that you know that's going to catch the ball. Yeah. That you're not. Mm, it's tough. not like oh, is he going to catch it or not? And then obviously that big kickoff return to start Jacksonville. He's kind of stepped in and made some big plays when his numbers called. And I don't think people understand how hard it is to be on the sideline. And then they'd be like, all right, go in. We need to go in and make a play. <laughs> right. And then you go in and they throw you the ball. You got to catch it. Like, yeah, I know it's your job, but it's tough to do that because you're not in the flow of the game. Right. You're just jumping in trying to make a play. And he's done that a couple times. I want to say the Redskins, he kind of took over a little bit uh, making some plays. So uh, he's done a good job at both wide receiver and on uh, special teams. I have a couple nominees for your consideration. One kind of on the whole year to year. Even though he didn't play for the Rams last year, I think Robert Woods. I think he's yeah. gone from kind of a fringe – is he going to be a career receiver in this league to the quietest number one on the top offense in football 
in one yeah, off season. I like it. Well, Buffalo, I mean, I just remember him torching the Seahawks with Tyrod Taylor at one point. And, that, and granted, but Sammy was out. Yeah. That was his career game. But that was yeah. his career game. Yeah, that was that's what you remember remember him of, to see the consistency, though, week in and week out. And what I think people don't understand it as a running back, I love it, he is a willing blocker down oh, the field. 100%. Yep. And he will get mixed up. I mean, we saw it last week with Landon Collins tried to, like, dr- drill him. Like, he doesn't care. He'll get in there and get, get with your program. That's when I knew it's going bad for New York. When you see that that early – like something is something else is going on. That's just not Robert Woods. That's right. something else. Yeah. Who's yeah. your other guy? Uh, in season. Yeah. Alec Ogletree. Okay. All right. Who, who I think From was the yes. off to a slow start. Was was kind of struggling to find. Yeah. I, I, you want me to tell you, you, me tell you what that change? was? His contract. He he was hey. Who they were doing that negotiation behind closed doors, yep. and he was he had some stuff going on. Once he signed that deal, though, relax and play. Yeah, I he was like able it. to play a little bit. And and how about what Sean McVay told us about Wade Phillips identifying him and his pass rushing potential, yeah. or even shooting run gaps, but basically playing on the other side of scrimmage as a really unique uh, skill set. I, I love his ability. I mean, he's got speed, and look, if you don't have a thumper at middle linebacker, if he can run, let him run. Absolutely. Why would you try to make him a thumper anyway? Just let that guy run. But the level he performed yeah. at during this three-game road trip compared Tremendous. to uh, turning down Ezekiel Elliott in Dallas at the sideline, He's for a instance. different dude. Yeah. I guess the biggest play he made in New York when he bumped off the running back, came back and stripped it, right? Yep. Yes. That would have averaged out to a C grade-wise. Bring your arms on the tackle. Number one, <laughs> bring your arms on the tackle. We, See, this is the yeah. difference between me and DeMarco. I bring your arms on the tackle. And then I want you to pick it up, Aaron, out on the score. <laughs> your only criticism is he didn't scoop and score. He didn't score. As That's always. the only thing. I, you you, you got to score. Some, somehow, somewhere we're going to have to score on defense. Cringed. Bring your arms on the tackle, sir. Uh, we'll continue this conversation <laughs> with our ESPN uh, LA Rams All Access poll question, which is how many pro bowlers would the Rams have if the season ended today? We'll pick that up on the other side, but we got to get to four down territory and a special guest from the Houston Texans coming up next to preview week 10 Rams and Texans coming your way at the Coliseum on ESPN LA. Well, welcome back to Rams All Access on ESPN LA. DeMarco Farr and Maurice Jones-Drew with J.B. Long. We're previewing Week 10 against the Houston Texans, and here is Four Down Territory. We welcome Sarah Barshop to the program. She covers the Texans for ESPN and ESPN.com. Sarah, how are you? I'm doing great. Well, a lot has been made about Tom Savage taking over at quarterback, and it sounds like he will start against the Rams. My question for you, how confident are you that he will finish the game? Because it sounds like T.J. Yates is getting some reps in practice as well. Yeah, I was a little surprised, actually, when I heard Bill O'Brien say that he had gotten quite a few reps in practice. And then today, actually, DeAndre Hopkins said he thinks he has a good thing going with T.J. Yates as well. You know, honestly, I think if Savage struggles the way he did against the Colts, you could see a hook even before halftime, which is what we saw in the season opener. Wow. All right. At tight end, it seems like C.J. Fedorowicz in and up potentially this week, but Ryan Griffin may be down. Is that accurate? Yes, that's correct. Bill O'Brien said he expects Fedorowicz to be back. He's been practicing for a couple of weeks after that concussion, after he spent all that time on injured reserve. Ryan Griffin suffered a concussion on Sunday against the Colts, and O'Brien said he's unlikely to play. All right, good info, and that tight end could certainly be a security blanket for either quarterback. On defense, how badly are the Texans missing J.J. Watt? Yeah, I think not only J.J. Watt, but Whitney Merciless as well. When you look coming into the season, they kind of had a three-headed monster with the two of those and then Jadeveon Clowney. And losing those two, putting a lot more on Clowney, he's being double, triple teamed, so... I think that's really affected 
how the Texans have been able to rush the quarterback. Fourth and final question for Sarah Barshop, who covers the Texans. Uh, two games back of Tennessee and Jacksonville in the division. Does this feel like a season on the brink right now for the Texans? Are they still in it with a win, and are they done with a loss? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, even a win, you just have to look at the schedule. Yes, they have, I think, the fourth easiest schedule going forward in the second half, but you just look, if this defense isn't doing what they did last season, it's hard, and you don't have an offense that can win this shootout like they did under Watson. You know, you you can't be three games back with half the season to go um, and, you know, still be in the division race. Oh, interesting times to be covering the Texans for sure. Sarah, thank you very much for joining us and giving some insight. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. All right, we continue on Rams All-Access, bring in DeMarco Farr and Maurice Jones-Drew. Boy, the stars do seem to be aligning in terms of opposing situations, injury reports, internal strife. We saw it with the Cardinals and now the Giants and maybe even this week against the Texans. Well, uh, again, we knew what Tom Savage was uh, when you draft a guy. Uh, you have him for three years, four years, and then you bring in a Brock Oswald, you play him over him. Then you you, you draft a Deshaun Watson, you move up to get a Deshaun Watson. You know what you have in Tom Savage. And so uh, for me, it's it's no shock that TJ Yates may come in and play because you know what he's going to give you. He can't move. The offensive line isn't good enough uh, to block for a quarterback like that. And so you just have an issue. I, at, at the end of the day um, – you know, I just don't hate the, I hate the pulling game. Like, oh, if this guy, I'm going to put you on a short leash. If you don't play well, we're going to pull you. Just don't play him. It's just very simple. Don't play him if he doesn't give you the best chance to win. I guess the positive, when you put it up 44 times, you don't throw a pick. Um, so you're hitting some of the right areas. Yeah, and if, yeah but not yeah. to interrupt you, but did, if you watch that game, yeah, I went yeah. through it play by play. He put a ton of balls in check. I mean, he could have thrown three or four picks. He didn't look very good. Yeah. I mean, that was probably worse than anything we saw out of Blake Bortles. Leading up into that game? Well, he had more opportunity than Blake. But, yeah, if you imagine Blake throwing it 40 times a game, that could be an apt comparison. Just from a Rams perspective, just uh, doing a a breakdown of the quarterbacks you're getting ready to face, that might have been the second worst, or if not the worst, performance versus Indy. But I assume he's going to be better from one week to the next. Mm -hmm. Um, I have to give him a little credit for taking over, you know, uh, for an injury. And and think about it. The offense kind of changed. With Deshaun Watson, and then you're inserted in, and your skill set doesn't fit what they're doing or the speed in what they're doing. You, he started the season. I know. What but, do you mean he came in the, for an injury? You were the start, and you lost your job in a half. I, right. At the end of the day— And it, your agent came off the top rope. Yeah, and yeah. where is he now? But <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it, to me, it, it's it's like you know what you have in him. And if you don't think he's a capable quarterback, and we see this all the time in this league. We saw it with the Colts week one. You have Andrew Luck, but then Scott Tolzien's your backup? Right. Right? Like, you need to have a capable backup because, yes, you get hurt in playing football. True. But what I meant was, like, um, with Deshaun Watson under center, if you have a win or your O-line gives up interior pressure, just one guy, he can make that guy miss, get right. into the offense, make something happen. You don't have that with, with Tom Savage. And it seems like the team is still playing like they have Watson at quarterback. Uh, but now the play is dead with pressure. So he's just... You know, he's he's an immovable movable target, a guy that doesn't move in the pocket. So um, I, I expect from one week to the next, they're going to be a little bit different, and he's going to be a little bit better. All week long, uh, O'Brien has faced questions about Colin Kaepernick. It's been suggested in numerous platforms that he would be the target. Instead, Josh Johnson added former Raiders quarterback, former Bucks quarterback. They let Matt McGloin go. Uh, I can't imagine that Josh Johnson coming onto the roster and in one week would have any impact in Sunday's game? 
No, that that, that the Texans' offense is too complicated to learn to work. Right. So you, it's you, it's Savage and or Yates. And what proportions, and, and Yates, who knows? And to be honest, Yates, or a lot of Miller. <laughs> Yates is going to only have a piece Here, of it. Here's the thing, Miller, MJD, yeah. Miller doesn't seem like he's got it. I mean, he has yeah. not had a run longer than 19 yards this season. No, they, well, you know, uh, so when we were in New York, uh, one of the scouts for the, the Texans was there scouting our game, obviously, but he was a Jacksonville Jaguar scout. And, you know, when you're in a team for a long time, you get a chance to meet people and talk. And they're more excited about Foreman. Because yeah. the way he falls forward and Deontay his big Foreman, body. rookie yeah, out yes. of Texas. And so you may see more of that because, again, yeah. remember, it's late in the year now. We're, we're week 10. So guys don't want to tackle as much anymore. Right. And we started yeah. to see a little bit of leakage uh, in, in the Rams' defense against uh, the Giants there with Orlean Darkwa. I, I think you may see more of the bigger guy here just because he can wear him down then put in Miller in spurts. That's what I could see. Three yards in a cloud of dust type offense. Do you think that's the opposing, if you're equipped to do it, do you think that's now the best way to beat the Rams? Do you think opposing offensive coordinators now have enough respect for the Rams' firepower that they need to minimize plays and possessions? Well, I, like New York, I think that's all they're set up to do is just run the ball now yeah. uh, and just pound you. And they have big guys up front to do that. So, But how how long does that get you, especially when the other side is scoring? Um, so eventually that's going to run out of steam. But. You know, teams like Pittsburgh down the stretch. I mean, oh, they run the. They're going to run the ball. They don't and throw. That's yeah, what I'm saying. But they don't. Yeah. But to be honest with you, Pittsburgh is is starting to change their their way. When you talk about teams, especially they can throw, but they want to run the ball and, and get out of right. the games quickly. When you get into these these colder games, you become in the playoff race. Exposure is always the issue. You don't want to be out there too long. You don't want to. You don't want to. Right. You know, the game to go four hours. You want the game to be around. A little under, you know, three to about three, three fifteen, because you're able to get and do what you want to do. Put the pressure on the other side, because again, you're getting first downs and they're not getting the ball, and put the pressure on them and try to win the game that way. Uh, the unfortunate thing about the injury to Watson, they were averaging thirty five points per game with him, and they've got two dynamic top uh, targets Ooh. in DeAndre Hopkins uh, and Will Fuller. In fact, we're going to see. Three of the top five touchdown scores in the National Football League. When you mix in Todd Gurley, they're all going to be on the same field Sunday. I, you know, I, I wonder, can you stop the run with seven? Because I think you're going to need a full complement of your secondary, both safeties, to help you with these receivers. Not right now, though. I think it depends which Texans running game you get. They were averaging 138 top three in the league until yeah. last week, and it was a completely well, different story. The, what I'm saying is I don't think you you should go one-on-one with these receivers at all. I think you should because yeah. the, the quarterback can't get the ball it's, there. It's not about it's, the receivers. It's, 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 it's about it's, the quarterback. Deshaun Watson, those guys have always been there. They were there with uh, Brian Hoyer. They were there with Brock Osweiler. They've always been there. And they can get open, but the quarterback can't get the ball there on time. And that's always been the issue. Now you have Watson who can come in and he throws the first play against or the first drive against the Seattle Seahawks, throws the bomb, and he gets the ball there on time. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah. wow, we can we, we can we can score now. Well, if Eli's on target, the score is a little bit Sterling different. Sterling Shepard scores. Yeah, I mean, the score is going to be a little bit different. I, I still think it's a lopsided score, but, I mean, New York had some plays. There were some plays to be made. So, And I think these, re- these receivers that you're going to see this week are much better than what you saw last yeah. week. So I, I would assume but the these guys can similar. get open against just about anybody. That's you, what I'm saying. Do you think the quarterback is worse? No, than no, no, or? no, no. I mean, I, I don't expect them to hold the football that long. I, I would bet Tom Savage gets that ball out on one step or three. 
Uh, and depending on who's out there in man coverage, you just worry because they're right. great after the catch. Uh, still to come here on Rams All Access, we will have inside the numbers plus how many pro bowlers would the Rams have if the season ended today. That's straight ahead. We invite you to sit more and sit closer with Vivid Seats, an official partner of the Los Angeles Rams. Visit vividseats.com backslash Rams today to reserve your official ticket, travel, and VIP tailgate package to the next game. We continue previewing Week 10 after this on ESPN LA. Things have gone well these last couple weeks. We talked about it with the team again today. We're 6-2 and two at the halfway point. Who was where at the halfway point last year? Nobody knows because you talk about how you finish. And for us right now, it's about seeing if we can get our seventh win, find a way to win four in a row, and, and get back to winning at home. And, and that's going to be a big goal. And, and we know we've got a tough opponent in the Houston Texans coming here on Sunday. Hope you'll help us pack the Coliseum as the Rams play host to the Houston Texans. Uh, Jared Goff has been almost impeccable on the road. The Rams are undefeated on the road. Uh, Guys, how important do you think it is to bring that product, that winning product, that first-place product home to the Coliseum and give the fans who pay good money to come out and see it what they deserve? Real important. I I hope that's not going to be a storyline. Is that going to be a storyline? I mean, Sean McVay was asked uh, how often his offense had to go silent count so far this season at the Coliseum. He said the end-of-game drive against the Seahawks was really the only one. It's a storyline. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. MJD? I, you know what? I, it's all you have to – in this league, if you're a West Coast team, it's better to win at home, right, because your teams are flying. It's all, when, you, when you get in the playoff race – and you have to fly all the way to the East Coast like the Seahawks did when they went and played the Redskins, and they had to fly back to Seattle, then fly to Atlanta, that's tough. But to force those teams to come out this way is even harder. And so you want to you know, you know, want to win as many games so you can have home field advantage in the playoffs. Now, uh, I know the Eagles are, I want to say they're 8-1, and one, mm-hmm. right, and they're on the bye this week. But if you're able to find a way to catch them and, and kind of get in that one seed and force everyone to come to L.A., it, you have a better chance at winning because they're taking the long six-hour flight that we had the, where we took the long way, right, uh, from New York. And, and so uh, that there uh, it goes into play as a coach. That's what I'm thinking about. we got to win these games now because we want everyone to come to us. We don't want to have to go to them. You don't want to have to go to Philly where it's going to be snowing and nasty weather and we, we, we may our offense may be limited. Let's play in where we do best. When the Rams are really good, where are your home games? Or their playoff at games. At their playoff games are at home. You make times we heard that? Oh, dome teams don't win Super Bowls. Well, what happens if you have to come through the dome? Exactly. <laughs> Good luck, right? And then we played in the dome, so it, it made sense. Uh, something you just said, right, um, just made me think of Aaron Donald and the plays he's made. He's done it without the benefit of crowd noise. He's been on the road doing this. Now imagine what it's like when you can't hear. Good Lord. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, um, you know, I, I hope they pack the place. I hope people have seen enough to at least trust this year's Ram squad to know that this team's pretty good, and they're on the rise, and they're making noise. This could be their year this year. Uh, when you caught me off guard with, uh, give me some other contenders from the NFC right before the coaches show, and I'm thinking Green Bay, wait, they're done. Uh, Seattle, wait, you almost beat them. Uh, well, it could be the Rams. This could be their year. So um, if you were waiting to see um, for them to prove, I think they've done it. Uh, and if you want to get on board and, and make it, a pit of hell for anybody else coming through this place, then, I mean, look, tickets are still available, right? I guess. They are, and you look at the upcoming home schedule, the Texans, and then in two weeks, Thanksgiving weekend, the Saints, and then the Eagles game, which we're hearing may get flexed into primetime. Yeah. Uh, not to mention the finale against the 49ers. Look, eight remaining, four at home, 
three in the division. Uh, coaches and players can't talk about managing a second half of the schedule, but we can. In your mind, what needs to happen in the second half of the schedule to accomplish or to put yourself in position to accomplish some of the things you're talking about? Peter King went as far as to put the Rams in the Super Bowl. Right, uh, why can week. I hate that? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm with you. But <laughs> right, uh, you know, what, three and one is we're at, at, at home. Yeah. Three and one at home. Yeah. If you can do that, I think you'll be fine. Win three um, out of your four remaining home games, yes. and you're in no matter what else happens on the road. Uh, well, no, I think. I just are you trusting what's going to happen I, in some I, of those like, road I, games? I, I feel like uh, who, who are the other road games? I'm just trying to think. Minnesota, Arizona. So Arizona, Nashville. I feel like Arizona's a W. Nashville, depending on how that goes, if you if you can stop the run and force Mariota to beat you, you have a great chance of winning there. Their defense is uh, isn't go, as good. Got to go up to Seattle. You you have to win in Seattle, and that was that's, that's what we one. said in the very yeah. beginning. I have Arizona beat Seattle, and it keeps coming off the rails for the Seahawks. Yeah, that, you may that, not have, and that to. could happen. But, but, but plan on. I that. think you Expect still have that. to, regardless. And well, that, my yeah. thing was <laughs> my my deal was because the Rams lost in L.A. You have to now beat Seattle in Seattle yeah. to go to the playoffs, and I think. If you do that, regardless if you don't have to or not, to go to Seattle, and I, I remember, uh, and I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go back because I I love watching football. But it was the Rams were playing the Seahawks, and it was whoever won that game in Seattle. Um, it was Stephen Jackson was there. Uh, whoever won that game in, in Seattle was going to go to the playoffs, and that was the first time the Seahawks started their run. They won. They were nine and seven. They win the playoffs, and I want to say they beat Chicago or something in Chicago, but or whatever it might have been. I don't know who it was. It might have been the Saints. They beat the Saints in Seattle, I think. But that game is going back to that. Whoever wins those games in Seattle is going to come back. So if you if the Rams win in Seattle, I guarantee you we'll be in the playoffs ready to roll. So you're saying that's kind of the line of demarcation. Yes. You went up there and took the torch. Whether or not you needed it to get in or needed it to get home field. As long as, long as you went up there. Just go send the statement that the division now runs through Los Angeles. Exactly. Interesting. Um, hey, I promised the uh, ESPN LA Rams All Access poll question. It was how many Rams should be pro bowlers at the midway point of 2017. Uh, 9% selected three or fewer. 27% selected four. 26% five. And 38%, the winner, is six or more pro bowlers through eight games. Uh, should we just run through them? You just want to nominate who's Can in? Can I guess? Yeah. 99 Aaron Donald is in. 90? Do they have 90 on there? No? Yes? Uh, there were some some people some who selected Michael Brockers. Okay. Uh, Gurley? Three. Whitworth? Four. Saffold? Saffold was uh, was a popular pick. I'm not sure it's a consensus pick, but okay. you think he's a pro bowler at the I, midway point? I would point. say uh, Hecker, no doubt. Yep. And Zerline? No doubt. Okay. And I think you even have to give special teams consideration Corey to Corey Littleton and Farrell Cooper. I, I would I mean, say how, yes. How do you yeah. say no to any of those guys? Well... And then the case. Is anybody else returning kickoffs? I think there's been there's been one, one other kick return yeah. for a touchdown. I one other one, right? But what Farrow's doing now, kick and punt, right? Um, I think it's a pretty strong case, certainly. Uh, so, Demarco, the list you just gave me is nine. Yeah, and you didn't mention uh, Alec Ogletree or Barron or Tremaine Johnson, who's got yep. a couple of or, or uh, Lamarcus yeah. Joyner, who was MJD. Point being, there's a full menu to choose from now. You obviously can't have <laughs> your yeah. whole roster go to the Pro Bowl. Um, but my favorite answer in response to this question is uh, none of them will be playing in the Pro Bowl. They'll all, <laughs> they'll all be busy that week. I like you, whoever that was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course, so. you can still receive the honor. But no that question. was only one person said that, and I thought that was perfect. Uh, was perfect. That's what you want it to be. You want to be able to get the recognition but not have to play in the game. 
All right. So, again, that was our ESPN Los Angeles poll question. Uh, midway point of the season, in case you missed it earlier, we gave out our midseason awards, offensive, defensive, and special teams MVPs, plus a most, plus a most improved. So uh, feel free to catch the podcast if you missed that. Uh, we'll take a break here, and we'll come back with Inside the Numbers and a final look at the Texans and the Rams as Rams All Access continues on ESPN LA 710. All right, going to take a look at the uh, blitz packages of the Houston Texans as they go up against the consistency of the Rams offensive line today in Inside the Numbers here on Rams All Access. DeMarco Farr, Maurice Jones-Drew, and J.B. Long. We're counting down to Week 10 at the Coliseum, Texans and Rams. Hope you'll join us there. Uh, the Houston defense blitzes a lot, and by a lot I mean number one in the NFL on first down. They send extras. Number six in the league on second and third down. So... Uh, the Rams defense, the Rams offense, I beg your pardon, and Jared Goff should expect to see a lot of pressure from Houston. Uh, but they do have the most consistent offensive line in professional football. I did not realize that the starting five for L.A. have played 82% of the Rams offensive snaps this season, the highest percentage by any offensive line combo in the NFL. And that's including last week's fourth quarter when two key pieces, the veterans Whitworth and Sullivan, sat. So what do you make of that? The Rams offense, uh, offensive line, and golf in particular against a blitz-heavy Houston defense. Well, let, I'm going to knock real quick because uh, I work with a guy named Sean O'Hare at the NFL Network, mm-hmm. and when the Giants were really good, they had consistency on the offensive line. Those five guys played every game together for five years, so they knew the calls. They knew what was going on, and so to see that consistency – that's what's helping this this offense go because these guys aren't. I, it comes to a point where you don't even have to say anything. You know what this guy is doing. You may tap him, be like, "Hey, look, this is what we're gonna," you know. But you don't have to use the the words anymore because mm-hmm. uh, that hurts D linemen. And so uh, I, I think even if they blitz or not, they they you know you, you only have to worry about one guy, and that's Clowney. And Clowney's the one that's going to get majority of that pressure. And they put him um, everywhere. It sounds like I mean, they yeah. do. I Especially mean, they, with they have, out. Well, they have to because uh, he. They have to try to find and, and their defense. They do a good job of putting their star player on the worst offensive line they can find, and, just and like so, the Rams do with Donald. Exactly, and so I think uh, in that situation, they're still good. Um, I'm not worried about it. I mean, their secondaries. You know, they're, they're having issues on the back end, and uh, if you blitz, you're you're leaving uh, holes in the in the back end, so you can find them. Yeah, uh, blitzing. You know. Indianapolis is one thing. Blitz and the Rams is going to be another. Um, there's just going to be so many answers for Sean McVay if you start sending pressure. Now, they do, they can get there. Uh, but going back to the offensive line and, and having that consistency, I, I think not only are they playing great football, I think they're the game plan they've been given has been great for them. They're not just in the pit for 80 straight plays, banging their head against the defense. I mean, they're out on screens. They're they're bootlegging here. They're 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 blocking people, not having to block people just by scheme. So it, it, you you have a better chance of staying healthy and keeping guys from getting hurt that way. But uh, the the other side is, I think they're being led by you by the MVP of the football team. I mean, Andrew Whitworth is in that room. I mean, the standard has been set. That's the bar has been set above their heads. I mean, you have to get like him to be with him. So the one thing he's not going to do is miss snaps, miss practice, miss anything. So you're going to have to be that way if you're Jamon Brown and Rob Havenstein. Uh, and, and Sully, he's brought that same professionalism to that to that locker room. So I think the O-line, I mean, when you break it down, has been the most improved unit on the football team. And I think that's the reason you're scoring as many points. But Going against a Houston Texans defense that likes the blitz, I'd say bring it on. Um, don't tell 
early because if you do, you're going to die faster. Um, I, I think that's what they've done against blitzes, and I think they're going to continue to do that against blitzing football teams. When you're when you're a, an offense that is uh, working at a high level, you encourage blitz. You you you're, come yeah. on, blitz, please. Go ahead. You make it easier. It, it's harder when you sit back and play soft country at the dink and dunk. If you blitz, we could take shots. You don't see teams blitzing Tom Brady. You don't see teams blitzing the the New Orleans Saints and, and Drew Brees because they know if we don't get there, we're going to get beat. Well, guess what? Guess who's in that offense now? Guess who's in that that column of of great quarterbacks and or great offenses with really good quarterbacks is the Rams. And so, if you go out there and you blitz and they catch you, it's over. It, I mean, literally, we've seen it. Those screens are going to the house left and right now, right. and you're not even blitzing, but. You're only sending three. Imagine if you send five or six, and what happens if they throw a quick screen like that? These guys are gone. Or the guy that has girlies on the wrong side of the field. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, you'll you'll never catch up to them. Second half of the season starts Sunday at the Coliseum. Hope you'll join us for Texans and Rams. Before we go, I want to get a couple more inputs from you guys. One would be give me a second-half adjustment. Give me one area of the football team that you want to see shore up to make this a playoff push, and then to give me a breakout star for the second half. We look back on the first half. We talked about MVPs. Give me an emerging force that you think could have a big second half of the season for Go the Rams. Ahead. Yeah. Deep, uh, more deep throws and in, in connecting down the field with Sammy Watkins. I think that's yeah. huge. So that's your improvement That's my improvement. Half. We saw it one time in, in New York, but we've seen him miss. Uh, Sammy missed twice in, in uh, Seattle against Seattle. We've seen him miss multiple times throughout the year. You've had that connection. You know what it feels like now. Can you keep doing that week in and week out? That's one. And then my, my breakout has to be Sammy. He has to be the guy to get going. Everyone else has gotten going. Cooper Cup has played well in games. Uh, Robert Woods has been the most consistent guy. Uh, Tyler Higby's making plays. Gerald, all these guys. Mm-hmm. Sammy Watkins just had one catch, right? He had one catch, uh, even though it was a bomb. He had one catch against the Giants. How, like and a great game against San Francisco. Yeah, and, and That's and, the story and, right. of his first half. So yeah. we need more consistency. Right. You have to be the guy to take the top off and blow these games open. Uh, I would say better run defense, and by extension, I'd like to see Farrell Cooper put one in on a punt return. Okay. I, I think that's missing and i think he's close i think they've been very close but yeah and it's spin move he almost had it yeah i think he did i mean but if you all of a sudden become a three and out type defense i mean they just can't move the ball against mm-hmm. you uh one your offense is going to be better and they're already good but number two you're going to get more punt return opportunities and that to me in november and december can also win games for you and put you over the hump. So I'd like to see that. Uh, run defense, curiously, it's been early. Oftentimes it's when they wear you down, they stretch you out, then they break one. But I'm thinking of Fournette and Jacksonville, again last weekend uh, in New York, uh, even a little bit in Dallas, right? It was it was early that the gashes were happening on the ground. Why is that? Um, if Wade Phillips was a boxer, I think he'd be the, the best counterpuncher in the world. Gotcha. Right. He's going to see what you got. And then lock it, lock you down. This is what you're doing. This is how you're doing it. Okay, this is what we're going to do, and you can't do but that But is there anymore. something that they can do coming into a game to make sure that those quick hitters don't happen? To, because, I mean, yeah. Eli and Darkwa, I mean, they put themselves in good position on that opening drive. I mean, they pounded the heck out of you. I mean, this is what I worry about when you're facing other offenses that are just as good or, or defenses that are just as good as yours. When teams, it's even or they have a lead and they can just run the ball straight ahead. That's always going to be a problem for the Rams' defense. They're not very big up front or at linebacker. So I, I think that's what you saw. But eventually, you start making adjustments. This is how we take that away. And let's see if they can adjust. Obviously, New York had no answer. Hmm. Nice to be nitpicking, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> nice to be searching uh, for things, for 
fine tunes I, at I, the midway point. I told someone the other day, uh, Rams fans are upset when we score 20 points. That's not <laughs> enough. Well, here, here's the thing. <laughs> that I, sounds familiar. Can, can I offer mine? Yeah. Uh, my improvement would be finishing drives, would be red zone. Uh. Because even as the top scoring team in the league right now, the Rams have had more red zone opportunities than any professional football team, but they've only cashed in 16 uh, to the tune of 16th in the league in terms of touchdown percentage. So they're getting there more often than anyone, but they're in basically the mid the mid half of teams in converting them. Right. So if what's happening in the red zone? They're not running the ball. They're not running the ball efficient enough. Uh, when you hurry up and get to the ball, uh, the goal line, and you run that dive play, you have to have a play off of that. And yeah, so yeah. in the red zone, people think you throw touchdowns in the red zone. The great teams they run the ball and they score in the red zone. That's what makes it. So then you can many, use play action pass. How many do they have in New York? Uh, Todd with two rushing touchdowns okay. and a throw to Higby. And so the they throw finished to Woods. those off. They, there. Yeah, they finished okay. those. Off. But for the most part, oh, they had some mistakes early. Okay, now, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, I'm with you. Yeah, finding their stride, finding their play selection, finding their targets in the red zone. And that's funny. That's Sean McVay's favorite area is the red zone. That's I mean, all he wants Greg, to talk about. If Greg Zerline <laughs> doesn't set the field goal record, but it's because of a lack of opportunity and not misses, that would be a good sign right. for the second half. Wow. All wow, right, wow. we are out of time. Please join us Sunday at the Coliseum. Texans and Rams cannot wait to see and celebrate what is a first-place Los Angeles football team. This has been Rams All Access on ESPN LA.